And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. I said we are and then I didn't know who we were for a second. That was that slight effective part that slight what you might have thought was an effective pause and it was not an effective pause it was an ineffective pause it was i forgot who we were to mo- for a moment there yeah we are who we are yeah that's okay yeah all right so uh <laughs> so newsom and clinton uh seen in mexico together hanging out mm-hmm. what's that about well you know what the scuttlebutt is yeah. clinton's, clinton's trying to convince newsom to run yeah. Okay. But you you do that now? Well, remember at this time in 2020, nobody had even thought of the name Cuomo. Mhm. Yeah. Remember it wasn't until the incredible job that the deity Cuomo did in New York. Mhm. Uh, during COVID. The man who saved the world from COVID. The man who saved the <laughs> I think that's the title of his own book. <laughs> uh, so he wasn't even on the radar. Wow. Yeah. And we're 2024, and think about it. Four years. Uh, we were... We weren't really talking about it much, was there? There really wasn't a lot of... We knew there was a virus, but there wasn't a really lot of scuttlebutt on it, was there? At this time. It really... It really... A couple of weeks from now, it really started up, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the, it end, was, of, it was it like the was, end of January. Yeah. It was really... I mean, the, the mainstream focus on it was, I think, well into February even. Yeah, but, but yeah, it was brand new. Most people... And and I remember because I did go back to see my parents beginning of March. And mm. still everything accelerated really quickly after that when I got back, I think the eighth or ninth or tenth. Yeah. Then really and because by the time it got to and I remember because it was St. Patrick's Day when my mom went in the hospital and the airlines were shutting down mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it, it also another theory about Bill Clinton and, and uh, Gavin Newsom being seen together in, in Mexico is, uh, you know, Bill Clinton could be, you know, exploring this whole sanctuary state thing. Now, when you say sanctuary, let's say if a former president was charged with something because some documents were released. What kind of sanctuary are we talking about? He's in Mexico right now. Bill Clinton's in Mexico. He's in Mexico. Hey, if I were to allegedly come back to the U.S., <laughs> he's in Mexico. Is there an island where I can hide? Well, you know, Mr. President, I own an island down here. Oh, is he still in Mexico? I don't know. I won't say. <laughs> I can't tell you where I am. But I can't find you anyway because you're you you have no electronics. I can't find you. You're you're off the grid. I'm off the grid. Yeah. You tell me why you can't find me. It's just I mean, this is you really, know when he think about this when he was running man time flies. Yeah. When he was running, that was like 97, 98. Wow. I had been a talk show host less than 10 years. Yeah. I was working at our great affiliate, KXL in Portland, mm. Oregon, just so people know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and living not far away from where the panel from the airplane dropped. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I, I just remember when he was – I can remember the – the thing is, you know the thing that sucks about getting old? It's not actually the aches and pains. It's having to go through the same arguments again with the new generation. Yeah. You know, the because the, I remember the excitement. The You know, there was such incredible excitement for him running for the governor of Minnesota. Yeah. And he was going to bring something different. Mm-hmm. And like I've always said, what's different? Tell me the issue. Right. And he ended up being a liberal. Hmm. Well, um, (laughs) a liberal conspiracy theorist. Right. By the way, Hillary wasn't spotted in Mexico because she's wearing a cloaking device. (laughs) (laughs) And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. <laughs> Seriously, the Epstein documents drop and bills in Mexico. Mexico. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, got a couple of emails because we had mentioned yesterday uh, Michelle Obama. Well, mm-hmm. she's going to run. No, she's not. Look, it's the same thing. And by that measure, Whoopi's going to run. <laughs> Whoopi was saying kind of the same thing. I'm really worried. I'm really worried. It, okay. They Would they you, all they yeah. all g- gather this up. Look, Michelle Obama's husband didn't like the gig. Yeah, Barack didn't, Obama didn't like the gig. He didn't like the job. She didn't like him in the job. And she was a big part of that. Didn't like him in that gig as well. Right. She doesn't want the gig, but she loves the adoration. They love the rock star part of it. Right. They love being able to say things and not take any responsibility for it. They love that part of it, mm-hmm. you know, so like many on the left. And, and by the way, when, when we talk about that, you go, you guys are just partisan. They didn't like the job. That didn't come from us initially. No, that, that initially came from, came from uh, MSNBC. Chris Matthews. Yeah. Chris Matthews on MSNBC said that. Yeah. Said he doesn't like the gig. He doesn't like negotiating. He do, He just likes to. Doesn't like even meeting with his own party. Yep. Didn't like meeting with his own party leaders. Right. Simply wants to say, uh, go do this. Here's what I want. And somebody else will do it. And he can go and just vacation and do yep. whatever. Yep. You know, I, it, you know, the I was thinking about you know with the uh, Iowa caucus right around the corner here. Um, and here we go into you know another election year, and you and I were talking earlier about Fetterman, or it seems that you have uh, Democrats, you know, not by a great margin, but really, you know, really interesting Democrats. Fetterman, for example. You know, throwing out that the illegal immigration, we need to close the border. I mean, stuff like that, which just ticked off the the Democratic Party. But you think about this and, you know, whether you want to vote for Trump or whether you want to vote for Nikki Haley, whether you want to vote for DeSantis, whether you want to vote for Christie, there really isn't a great difference of where they all stand on the issues. Right. Yeah. It's not a huge difference. Now, with Nikki Haley, depending on what she would do with the border, there might be a big difference on that one. But overall, on the issues, basically, it's where the Republican Party has stood and where the Republican Party has stood for a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. And so you always have you always have interesting people because what you're you know, what you, what I see in the Republican Party is it's, you know, what you're seeing right now with the dysfunction of of, of Congress. Everybody wants the same basically wants the same thing. But the path politically they want to get there is different. Yeah. But everybody basically wants the same thing. It's just that, well, if you do it my way or it's my tone that they want or it's my tone, for example, it's my tone. DeSantis might say this. It's my tone with the success I've had in my state of actually getting these things done and actually getting Democrats and independents to vote for me, which, you know, Trump can't do. And he is, he said that, by the way, already. Hmm. Then you have Nikki Haley saying, yeah, but I can get elected. Right. You know, the polls show that I can get elected. And 
and Chris Christie, um, whatever. And then, uh, you know, Ramaswamy, who says at times stupid things and then at other times does brilliant things and has brilliant arguments and comebacks against the media, Mm -hmm. which then the Republican Party looks at and says, "Okay, he knows how to argue. That's what we need. But it's more of a Republican Party. It's not that they differ on the issues uh, or they have or they must follow a particular plan. They all believe roughly the same thing and wish to move the country and believe they're the best person to actually do it. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Democrats, for example, and, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. You have, I look back at recent history, and we played from 2007, uh, the uh, the immigration discussion, the border discussion that Biden was having. He could have been Trump. Yeah. Right. He could have been Trump. Mm-hmm. They've completely moved, you know, their rhetoric. Think about this. Uh, on the crime bill, you know, the whole defund the police, Biden's opinion on that was 180 degrees different than what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah, that all yeah. the positions that they held until you know until recently, uh, the people that they wish to put in power, or that 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 they wish to you know take the the presidency, all must agree with a narrative that is opposite of what they used to have, and that reality is shown is failing at a at a consistent rate, and I think that's one of the reasons you're having trouble finding people that would go up against Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. you, you know, you you look at it, you know, you can't find anybody. Let me ask this question. If Bernie Sanders actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. If Bernie Sanders said, I'm running, would Bernie Sanders be leading right now? Hmm. Remember, if it wasn't for South Carolina and Clyburn getting involved at that point, he might have been. He might have been your Democrat nominee back then. Mm-hmm. And and so I look at this, and, and now he does believe all the radicalism, and you know as we've said, he vacationed. Excuse me, he honeymooned in Russia. Yeah. Excuse me, the, the former Soviet, Soviet Union. Union. Yeah. But when you look at it, everybody has to, in the Democratic Party, promote a, a narrative that none of them believed until recently. No Democrat would have brought up that a male could be a female 20 years ago. That would have been viewed as ridiculous. Yeah, no, no that would have been... Nobody in, would ever use any, the words to fund the police. In any strategy room, that would have been DOA. And and I think that in American politics is extremely fascinating because I'm sure if you went back to the historians, maybe they could find where this has happened before. I'd like to see it and compare it hmm. and study both of them, you know, just to see because it hasn't happened in my life. I mean, in my lifetime, it hasn't. And in my father's lifetime, it hasn't. And my father, my father is so old. He's been alive for over a third of the country's existence. <laughs> yeah. And and so, you know, that's that's why we, and I said this back in 2018, 
And I was wrong because I thought they would change by now because think that's seven years ago. Yeah, crazy, huh? No, oh, six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, it was actually six years yeah. ago. And uh, it was 2018 going into 2019 where mm-hmm. I said, I remember I said, the Democrats have to change. They can't continue going down this mm-hmm. path. And they not only have continued going down the path, they've doubled down and tripled down on everything. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing some Democrats starting to peel off. It's very slow, but you're starting to see it. And maybe, look, maybe the anti-Semitism and the pro-genocide of Jews is what have finally, you know, that's probably what got Fetterman to go, this is crazy. I, I, I have to believe that is such a huge driver for many Democrats. That it's, look... We can talk about everything else, and this is where I have to draw the line. The question is, to what extent does it affect the voter? Because Trump is going to be the nominee for the GOP, and what, he's still the right. bad guy for what they say. Uh, you know, what was it? Uh, what was the poll that we had? Eighty percent of Democrats believe that he should be taken off the ballot. Is yeah, that, there was another it? poll that was taken that was sixty-six percent, but yeah. so somewhere in between, we'll say. 73 74 percent right if you're if you're not gonna now so one, one might be bad what no, one might be oh hold it here mm. i'll go, go back and check the one that was 66 percent. maybe that's registered voters because the 80 percent was like likely, likely voters, voters of democrats right. said it's a big that, deal that he should be taken and we just said that proves our point the radicalism of the rank and file yep or either the radicalism of the democratic voter or the ignorance of the Democratic voter not knowing the Constitution mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And knowing that states can't do what they're attempting to do. Right. And and so, you know, that's the part you say, okay, you know, in, in other areas, they might have not been radicalized that much. But we know, and, it, and this did start, though. This did start back in the 90s with McCain-Feingold mm-hmm. when they were trying to sell that, you know, that, Freedom of speech is only for one person, not mm-hmm. for groups. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the most idiot. Think about that. If I can't imagine back in the 90s, if I'm sitting there going, okay, I think corporations shouldn't have the influence. Okay, let's try to sell that freedom of speech is only for an individual and not for groups. Right. I'd say, well, you can't sell that one. You can't Second sell Amendment that. is only for groups, not individuals. Yeah, exactly. Because as we know, the Bill of Rights is about what? Individual rights. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, in, in have any type of intellectual honesty. And uh, if I was a Democrat at that point, and Democrats used to believe in freedom of speech. Right. They used to believe in freedom of religion. Democrats really used to believe in freedom of speech. It was Democrats, you know, in the, the, the 80s and the 70s, Nazis marching, absolutely they have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And And so... And all of a sudden, it's like, well, no, forget it. Well, now it's like, well, yeah, Nazis, if you're anti-Semite, you know, you should have the freedom of speech. But if you're not, you shouldn't have the right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's bizarre where they've gone it as really a party. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. 
It has been a mild winter to date for most of the nation, yet USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says a shift has occurred in recent days. We have seen a pivoting of the bitter cold into western North America. There's actually a very cold air mass that is banked across western Canada into eastern Alaska, and that is going to continue to rotate southward. And thanks to a series of active weather systems passing across the nation this week, more of that cold air will be drawn down into the U.S. So by the time we get through storm number three, late this week and into the weekend, we're going to see some bonafide Arctic air making its way into the United States for the first time this winter. As places like the Dakotas and Montana go from record-setting December warmth to sub-zero temperatures this weekend. We could see temperatures dipping below minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit across parts of the northern high plains. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Wow. How could the weather affect the Iowa caucuses? Politico has an article uh, on it just saying the weather could be really bad, and how might it affect it? They said it could be the coldest Iowa caucuses ever. And that's saying something. When I was there in 2004, Mm -hmm. I was Democrats. It was absolutely frigid. I remember it was the Sunday night, Sunday night, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And I was out Sunday afternoon. And it must have been, I don't know, it had to be around zero, minus one, mm-hmm. minus two. Yeah. You're ready for the, the, the temperatures for uh, for uh, Des Moines? All right. Here we go. Saturday, six degrees is a high, minus 12 is a low. Sunday, minus eight degrees below zero as the high, minus 17 degrees below zero as the low. Monday, minus five as a high, minus 13 as a low. You know, when they're caucusing and getting all the votes back to everything else, <laughs> you're going to be talking about minus 9, minus 10 degrees, minus 11 degrees below zero. And winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Whoa. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. So, uh, Fauci testified in Capitol Hill yesterday, closed door testimony, mm. said he did not recall specifics on COVID origins and pandemic policies over 100 times in closed-door testimony. I don't know. Did he ever say, were any of his um, answers ever, I don't know, it's none of my business. I know. Not during COVID, (laughs) it wasn't. 
Uh, the face of our nation's response to the world's worst public health crisis does not recall key details about COVID-19 origins and pandemic error policies. House Coronavirus Select Subcommittee Chairman, uh, 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 you know, Brad Wenstrip of Ohio said in a statement Monday night, the potential preventable pandemic ultimately resulted in the deaths of nearly 1.2 million Americans, the Ohio Republican noted. In late November, Wenstrup announced that Fauci had agreed to testify before the subcommittee in a private setting over the course of two days before retiring at the end of 2022. Fauci served as director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and chief medical advisor under Trump and the Biden administration. During the first seven hours of the transcribed interview on Monday, Fauci repeatedly defended his previous Senate testimony in which he claimed the National Institutes of Health did not fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. By the way, how can that not be, how can universally, you can't, uh, can anybody not say he's lying under oath if he's under oath? Right. Unless he's just going to stick to the fact, well, we changed the definition of it. Right. When we knew we were going to get caught or whatever. I mean, to me, I still don't understand it because he's, he doesn't make any sense when he talks about that to begin with. Um, well, uh, Fauci also testified he approved of all foreign and domestic grants without reviewing the proposals and conceded that he was unable to confirm whether uh, uh, his, uh, his organization had any procedure to place in place to conduct oversight of the foreign labs that they fund. Dr. Fauci's testimony uncovered drastic and uh, systemic failures in America's public health system, said Wenstrup, while leading the nation's COVID-19 response and influencing public narratives. He simultaneously had no idea what was happening under his own jurisdiction. By his own testimony, not Republican allegations, Mm -hmm. his own testimony, he's testified, I had no idea what they were doing. Didn't oversee them. Didn't know where the grant money was going, and then says no. But we didn't fund grant. We didn't fund gain of function research. Is he try? Is this what he's saying? We didn't mean to fund it, but I just didn't pay attention, and we did anyway. The funding is, wasn't specifically for gain of function. That was not mentioned in the funding mechanism. No, this is the kind of answer you get from someone like Fauci. You're not going to get him to say, look, yes, we funded gain of function. Yes, we worked hard to make sure that it was transmissible to humans. Now, get this. This is beautiful. Furthermore, when presented with his February 2020 email to NIH officials demonstrating he was then uh, aware of the gain-of-function research taking place in China, Fauci backpedaled, saying he should not have stated the Wuhan lab's involvement as fact in the email. So nothing I say is correct. Right. I didn't have any idea what was going on. Right. But I didn't do it. Yeah. My God. Did we learn anything as a nation? 
through all of this? Well, we certainly I, I didn't still care. I don't sense an anger. I don't sense the same anger that I have over all of this because of the suffering of of so many so many people. I don't want to make this about me. Um but I am one of those people that because of all the lockdowns could not attend my mother's funeral. Right. And everybody knows how close I was to my mom. Right. And I had seen her just a few weeks before. Now, she didn't die of COVID. She died of the flu and pneumonia. Uh, and then the, the resulting uh, 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 kicking off the aspiration of her dementia, which then at that point they said, okay, you know, you don't recover from that. Mm-hmm. But... And I, so, I mean, I knew and I couldn't fly in. I couldn't, I, and if I could have, I couldn't have gone, I couldn't, they would have not allowed me to go see her. Um, you know, I certainly wasn't going to be around my father during that, during that time. So everybody here went through it with me. Cause you know, I, I don't know if I said much about it. I might've said, you know, pray for my mom. I don't think I talked a lot about it on the air until, uh, she, she died. I'm, I can't, I just don't, I don't remember. Because there was a lot of COVID talk at that point. And so, um, but I know I'm going to say probably millions of people experience that in their families. Yeah. That they could not. And it's, it's tough. It does, it does a number on you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can't, I mean, it was the weirdest. I always talk about. I was talking about it the other day when I when I uh, over uh, vacation I saw my sister, and she said that must have been weird for you. And I said, well, you know the story because I did tell the story on the air that you know the day of my mom's or the day before my mom's funeral, and there I am at home, and again remember everything was locked down, so you're alone. I mean, you really weren't visiting, you weren't doing a lot, and there I was mm-hmm. taking up my you know going into the closet and getting my suit you know my suit out and making sure that everything was great. And I went, what are you doing? You're going to be watching your mother's funeral on, on a computer, you yeah. know, on a, on an iPad. Right. Or I actually watch it on my desktop. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. What you, I said, and I remember thinking, don't even think about it. Just go do it. And I know probably a lot more people went through a lot worse than I did. Cause I don't want to make this about me. I want to, you know, cause it's not just about me. It's about all the people out there that, you know, could not do things that they should have been able to do, mm-hmm. been able to do. And, right. and yeah. so much, think about it, every major thing that they talked about in COVID, except for the fact, when you think about it, that the that the vaccine does help reduce the symptoms. Everything else really has been debunked, has it not been? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's any trust at all in in any of it yeah you know you still have the elderly that are concerned when when covid is you know spiking again as oh, okay. they should be all right well that yeah i i meant you know, yeah you're right that part of it i want to make sure we still around yeah i want to make sure that that you know that that it is that it is still that that's still the same that it was it's yeah, much more right. dangerous the older you get and underlying conditions if you have that but i right. would say that it is just one one more of the viruses that is going to come around that they have always been concerned that age group has always been concerned with as they should be whether it's the flu 
COVID or anything else that's going around. And, you know, my, my parents have always paid attention to whatever is, you know, what's in the news. All right, are we seeing more cases of the flu or whatever? And they act accordingly. They were doing that before COVID. But other than that, I mean, the information is not really to be trusted. Tell me who trusts anything about COVID other than, you know, just the, you know, the basic understanding of if you're in that, if you have a compromised immune system, uh, which includes pretty much anybody who is in that elderly group, you're on the lookout for it when it's going around. There's really zero trust in that whole situation. Well, because of the misinformation slash lies of the vaccine. Mm hmm you have created a significant number of Americans who believe all shots are bad. Yeah. Right. And, and you think about what vaccines like smallpox, polio, Mm -hmm. you know, all the diseases that have been eradicated because of it. It takes a hell of a big effort to go from the history of vaccines and what they have done for our health. And in a period of a couple of years, destroy any trust that the public has with the government or health agencies on are they being straight with me on whatever I need for the medical affliction Mm -hmm. that I have right now Mm -hmm. think about that you've got to you've got to betray everything as a medical professional but I don't consider Fauci or Francis Collin, medical professionals anymore. They were bureaucrats. They became politicians. Yes. Hungry with power. Right. And and very much changed by the attention they got. Yeah. And you and I'm just using Collins because Collins did the whole sort of it wasn't even a mea culpa. It was mm. it was uh, oh, you know, we're medical people and we just get so focused that we don't think of anything else. Right. And and you know any and, and you know any type of of uh, collateral damage, whatever you wish to call it, that just never enters our mind. I heard that and I said, "You're lying. You're a liar." Yeah, that's garbage. Because I know the I know my doctor just doesn't say, "Well, this does this." We're not going to talk about side effects. We're not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about the quality of life. We're just going to talk about this vaccine does this. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. Right. And trying to convince us that that's how the medical community operates when I know from my own doctors and my own doctors that I have had, that's never been the case. Yeah, we're we're never going to get a square answer from someone like Fauci. You know, it. our representatives should certainly pursue everything that we can to no end. But... Someone like Fauci is not about to come out. He's not about to relax his ego. He's playing the word game just like, and behind closed doors, I'm sure he's playing the same word game. Why would he change it? It's worked up until now. You know, he's power hungry, attention hungry. Somebody who has been intoxicated by all that media attention remember he was 
when when Trump was no longer in office, after Trump was no longer in office, the interviews he was giving to the liberal media and his, I mean, he was just laughing and giddy because the liberal media was making him a hero. Well, he's no hero. Not by any stretch. He carries a great deal of the responsibility, in my opinion, and should be held accountable. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. A federal court on Monday declared that President Biden's uh, team went too far in imposing new water and energy regulations on two machines that make life easier, dishwashers and washing machines. In a ruling against Biden, the New Orleans-based Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said former President Donald Trump's administration got it right when it moved to let consumers choose between machines that take longer and use less water and those who can do a job in an hour or less in a 25-page opinion. The 25-page opinion was a victory for anti-regulatory groups and consumer choice advocates. Hmm. There it is. It might have been a win for the environment uh, because the court agreed that lots of people avoid using the green machines because they don't work well. Yeah, right. The court said the Biden rules make Americans use more energy and more water for the simple reason that the purportedly energy-efficient appliances do not work. Well, it's like those low-flush toilets. Yes, exactly. you got to flush it ten times. What's the point? (laughs) So Americans who want to clean dishes or clothes may use more energy and more water to pre-clean, re-clean, or hand-wash their stuff before, after, or in lieu of using the Department of Energy regulated appliances. Right. If they don't get the job done, you're gonna you're gonna have to use more water to get it done. <laughs> Listen, we gave you a full cup of water uh, to wash the entire uh, dishwasher filled with dishes. The, you should uh, be able to get it done. The matter dates back to 2018 when the Competitive Enterprise Institute convinced the Trump administration to add choice in its developing regulations for dishwashers. Right. The problem yeah. is nobody's going to sell dishwashers that don't work. Right. Or washing machines that yeah. don't work. I want a dishwasher that actually washes dishes. dishes. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.